Welcome, I'm Matthew from the Travel Podcast, and on this episode, we're going to be exploring Louisiana, covering everything that is to do around the States, and we're joined by three special guests, Mike and Lauren from Louisiana Travel, who are joining us live from Louisiana. Hi, Mike. Hi, Lauren. Hi, y'all. Hey, everyone. And Neil, who uh, is based in the UK and works for Louisiana Tra- uh, Travel also. So hi, Neil. Hi, how you doing? Uh, all good, all good. And um, we're going to be really delving into their recommendations on things to do when you're visiting the, the wonderful state of Louisiana, from local food and drink and to mush tries and the history and culture of this great state and much more. <laughs> including playing music clips throughout this episode to take you there musically and really give you the vibe of Louisiana. The music we have playing is Second Line by Stop Inc. And Second Lining has been called the quintessentially New Orleans art form. You may come across uh, Second Line during your visit and you can even join the Second Line at many New Orleans festivals. So um, to start us off, for those listeners that might not have heard of Louisiana and they're not too sure where it might be, how can listeners get there and where is it located in the USA? So, Mike, if I come over to you for that one. Yes. Uh, well, we first we start off with uh, telling everybody that we are the mouth of the Mississippi River. So as you know, that tells everybody where we are. Our main city is New Orleans. We are on the Gulf of Mexico. We drain two-thirds of the nation. To our west is Texas, and to our right is Mississippi. So uh, that kind of gives everybody a perspective because it's such a vast country, but when they know that we're the mouth of the Mississippi flowing into the Gulf of Mexico, which is also the main influencer of our culture and our history, they kind of figure out exactly where we are. And and Neil, I just wanted to ask you, so for those who would listen in from Europe and especially the UK, is it quite easy, as you're based in the UK office, to get out to to Louisiana? where would be the main ports to get out to the state? We're, we're actually blessed with, with a lot of you know, really easy flight maritimes in the region. So, um, of course, you've got the British Airways direct service from um, the UK to New Orleans. Um, but alongside that, you've also got um, uh, flights into Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, um, and then you can get connected flights down to New Orleans, Shreveport, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, any of the cities throughout. So it's really easy with one connection at most to get into Louisiana as well. And Lauren, for those who are actually listening to us around the US, do people get there by train, can drive? Is there lots of uh, flights into the states? Absolutely. We've got seven airports in the state that they can fly into, make connections to whichever city they'd like to. But as far as driving, we're two hours from Houston, three hours from Dallas, um, we're three hours from the prettiest beaches in Florida, and we're about seven hours from Atlanta. A lot of people like to you know, just drive, take their time here, because once they're here, you know, they're going to stay a while. Michael, I know we previously met when you were on this side of the ponds and we were enjoying uh, watching New Orleans Saints uh, play, in, play at Wembley. So we had a great time there. And one of the things that really stuck with me is how much history and culture Louisiana has. And a couple of things that are now on my list to do when visiting Louisiana next is attending Mardi Gras and, le- and learning more about the Cajun and Creole culture. Um, can you share with the listeners some of the historical side and then cultural sides of Louisiana and some of your favorite things? Well, sure, because, because being the mouth of the Mississippi River and the major port city in the United States for years and years, it's a, it's a collection of cultures, influences. Uh, you know, uh, we had the, the Native Americans, and then, of course, the Europeans, first Europeans who came were the French. Uh, Cavalier de La Salle claimed all the Mississippi River Valley for King Louis XIV uh, of, uh, of France. Then came the Spanish, and then later the Brits. Actually, but we're also heavily influenced by Afro-Caribbean culture, 
because uh, New Orleans originally was in the Diocese of Havana, Cuba. And so Cuba and Haiti were very influential in, in the same time of the development of New Orleans. In fact, right after the uh, revolution in Haiti with Toussaint Louverture, the population of New Orleans doubled in one month. And just like the problems we're going through today, they were kept on the ships for a while until they could process them off there. And that's when New Orleans became, in the late 1700s, a major, the major port and a major mixed, what we call mixed city. And, and then eventually, the British, or Spain used to have Florida, but Florida came all the way to the Mississippi River. So you have a mixture of Spanish, Afro-Caribbean, French, English, because the English came and settled in uh, the southeastern part of Louisiana. And uh, all of that led to an amazing kind of strange, uh, uh, quirky culture that we have in Louisiana. And then, Lauren, you want to say about the, the biggest influence in, uh, after that on the Acadians? Absolutely. So the Acadians were exiled from Nova Scotia um, once they refused to sign an oath of allegiance to Britain, um, which would have made them loyal to the crown. Um, and so when they left, a lot of them settled in the Northeast. And when you go up to the Northeast here in the United States, you will find names that are very similar to the names down here, names like Boudreaux and Thibodeau, but they're spelled differently. Um, and then a lot of them made their way down here. So when they got here, they didn't want them in New Orleans um, because they were French. The Spanish didn't want them there, and so they had to come to the country. And so they come to this area where it's swamp. And these are people who came from, you know, cold temperatures. They grew wheat. They grew, you know, all sorts of crops that didn't exist here, and they had to figure out very quickly how to learn. And so the Native Americans taught them a lot about um, farming, like rice. They learned to, you know, plant rice. They uh, taught them how to eat crawfish, you know, which were, you know, amply available and so they um, they formed all this food. There's an old expression that we have. Um, give three chickens to a Creole cook, he can feed the family. Give one chicken to a Creole cook, I mean, to a Cajun cook, he can feed three families. So Cajuns were very resourceful because they had such limited resources. And so what happened was, you know, they lived here and they continued to build this community. And then when World War II came around, um, just around the time World War II began, assimilation was pressed, you know, to the locals. And so they were told, don't speak French, speak English. And so all of a sudden this war is going on and they need French speakers. And you've got these people who their first language was French. So all of a sudden the Cajuns, you know, became very popular in the United States. And so they went over and they helped with the war efforts. And so since then, they've remained a, a very thriving culture. And since for the past 40 to 50 years, you've seen um, the Cajun influence move over to New Orleans. And so when you go over there, you'll see both the Creole and the Cajun um, cultures meshing together. So very interesting. So I know, Neil, we've spoken uh, when we met up in the, in the UK about some of the cool uh, Louisiana words. And so one of my favorite is cocodri, which I'm pretty sure is alligator. <laughs> I know, is that, did I do that right, Mike? Yes, very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. I love it. I was like, yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how much history and culture there is from the, from how many people have actually lived uh, in Louisiana and used that Mississippi River as, as a resource. And because there's been so many different people, uh, so many different cultures living in it, it, throughout the Mississippi River in Louisiana, um, there must be some sort of quirks and obviously a lot of culture, Mike, that really epitomizes the state compared to anywhere else in America because a lot of people go, America's quite the same, but n not Louisiana. Yeah, well, because uh, because the Acadians were isolated with uh, with people of other races, what we call Creole, and in modern times, uh, Creole has devolved into meaning uh, mixed races. That wasn't the original meaning. The original meaning was anybody from the colony, or uh, but now it's me come to mean the great culture 
culture that was created by having uh, mixed cultures here, mixed races. So it created this, what we call a joie de vivre. And this is very common saying here, you know, the joy of living, zest for living. And uh, with indigenous music and uh, just a joy of living because you're isolated and you survive for all these years before you enter modern world global culture. So it's created some really quirky kind of unusual words and customs and uh, uh, fun stuff like... Uh, um, one thing we're thinking of is like, you know, Mardi Gras. Everybody has Mardi Gras because we're Catholic, but ours is a little bit different in the country where you ride into the uh, farmlands and ask for chickens and, and pigs for your gumbo and you got to chase it down and, and they're, they're drunk and they're fighting over the animals. It's really a lot of fun. Uh, we have uh, fait dodos, which means a fait dodo comes uh, from the word in French, uh, fait dormir, go to sleep. And, and my grandparents would put us in the corner and they said, hey, you go fait dodo. You go to sleep because the adults are going to stay up and play cards and dance and drink all night. So now in modern Louisiana, when you see an advertising for a dance at a club, it's a fait dodo. You know, oh, we're going fait dodo tonight. So that's just the name of a, a dance now. Uh, I think it's, it's a funny one as well. If you, um, listen, you take Mardi Gras as this worldwide phenomenon, everyone knows you've heard of Mardi Gras, but we then literally translate it back to that Tuesday. And, you know, in England, we're, we're frying pancakes and putting some sugar and lemon on it, whereas in Louisiana, they're really celebrating the right way. Great food, dancing, music, and uh, maybe a cocktail or two along the way as well. Sure, many listeners, uh, potentially even those in the States, but definitely from around the world, wouldn't have realized that there's actually Mardi Gras goes on outside of New Orleans because most of them would think, oh, it's New Orleans. This is what Mardi Gras is. But as you mentioned there, Mike, is actually goes out into the countryside and it's a big cultural thing for the whole of Louisiana. And to get you into the vibe of what to expect when visiting a Mardi Gras in Louisiana, Enjoy the short music clip from The Meters, Mardi Gras Mambo. On that, I know another big thing is um, from the culture, and I know Lauren, you mentioned it earlier about the about the food and the cooking and crawfish uh, boils is is a is another great thing, but also sort of tailgating, um, which I think is a, a great cultural thing for Louisiana. I know we'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, on on that, when we're looking at culture and quirks, is there anything else that people really need to try and get out and explore and try when they're visiting Louisiana? Absolutely. A real popular uh, occasion here in Louisiana for the locals, and you know, we encourage you to do what the locals do, is a Saturday morning jazz um, brunch. It, it's a dance you know, combined with food, and it's just one of those experiences that you'll take with you you know, the rest of your life. Um, something else we have, one of those must-haves you must do while you're here is a second line in New Orleans. Um, it's something you'll never experience. They're used to celebrate life, death, weddings. Um, it's just an important, you know, part of, of the culture here. And so I would highly encourage that if you're here in New Orleans, you know, taking part in them. So definitely um, a lot to do. And, you know, those are among the must-haves here. And you take, you take the, um, the same motto, which I say, the bon ton for the That's a, that's a, you know, the good time to roll. So that's, I mean, yeah. whether, whether, you know, whether it's uh, commemorating the passing of a loved one or, 
celebrating the Saints winning the Super Bowl, we're going to do it right. Yeah, and some of that is manifested in some quirky traditions. For example, uh, every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., there's a famous bar in Lamu where people go and dance and eat and sing at 7 a.m. And then at 8 a.m. in uh, around the Lafayette area, you have these uh, Zydeco breakfasts where the band is playing at 8 a.m. and everybody's dancing and eating breakfast. And that's a lot of fun and and. Our visitors really enjoy that because everybody dances with everybody uh, at a Zydeco breakfast. Here's some Zydeco music from pop artist Rockin' Tipsy Jr. with They All Ask For You. They all act for you. Well, even in quite a bunch of Monkey's eyes, the tiger's eyes, and an elephant eyes do time of the day in louisiana you can find yourself some live music and some dancing so we're trying to say mike oh yes and, and yes. tying it into Definitely. food is it's a big thing so obviously you mentioned it there you've got dancing and food combined in a breakfast but throughout are there any um specific dishes or uh, types of food and drink that are unique to louisiana and then what would be some of your recommendations yeah actually we have a little test for you matthew okay okay here we go for your listeners write this down it's not difficult even though it's radio. Uh, B-O-U-D-I-N. B as in boy, O-U-D-I-N. Would you pronounce that for us? Uh, Boudin? Love it. <laughs> it's uh, Boudin. Boudin. Uh, I mean, for me, if, you, if, if anyone knows me and has been listening when I've been trying to pronounce any other language throughout our episodes, that's quite good for me. Yeah, it's our, it's our sausage. It's, our, uh, it's our, actually a rice dressing stuffed into a sausage casing. Oh, I've, got, I've got another one for you real quick, yeah. okay? Ready? Uh, e, yeah. T is in Tom, O-U-F-F-E-E, E-T-O-U-F-F-E-E. I hope everyone who's listening is playing along at home as well. Um, right, that's the idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Etouffee? Not bad. Not bad. Etouffee. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, very, very good. It's a, it's a dish, a famous dish here, especially made with crawfish. We have shrimp etouffee and alligator etouffee and it means smothered you smother everything down and it's really cool you serve it over rice so you mean you have a coco drie effute you could you could easily have a coco drie etouffee uh-huh. it's a very <laughs> common word and uh we use it all the time so that's something your listeners can play with you know? etouffee and boudin <laughs> i love it and i mean i probably should do a little bit better soon as i did uh, i did live in france for six months but yeah well, <laughs> yeah so that, <laughs> which is why i should do a little bit better with uh with with interpreting these but <laughs> 
And so it's nice. So I know a lot of people may know about gumbo. Uh, Neil, what is your first experience in when going out to Louisiana and the food? Um, I mean, first and foremost thing you need to know is that whatever size pants or trousers or tops you're wearing when you go out, you need to have a slightly bigger size for where you come home. Louisiana is is all about the enjoyment of food. You're not going there necessarily to be on a health kick or all the rest of it. Um, and I think sometimes probably a gumbo is pretty much a perfect encapsulation of Louisiana. It's, you know, all these you know, Louisiana has got all these cultures and nationalities and everything's kind of blending together, blended together, and it comes out perfect. The gumbo, again, you know, everyone's going to make a gumbo slightly differently. Um, different people use different ingredients, but it's a real rich melting pot and um, flavors and tastes, and it's delicious. Um, I think Mike was actually really kind as well because the words he gave you pronounced, the one I would have gone with is B E I G N E T S. Hold on, let me get my pen and paper. Let's get it. Hold on, go again. Yeah, B E I G N E T S. Benoits? Benoits. Benoits. You were close. You were close. I think this strange environment you have there is kicking in. Well, I mean, it should be a lot better, let's be honest. Benoits. Yeah, that would have been a tough one. See, Neil, Mike's a lot nicer than yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very. It, yeah, a lot of the words are French words, of course. But uh, and we're heavily seafood here. It's a very Catholic state, of course. So Fridays you don't eat meat, and Friday's the big seafood day. Uh, although we eat it all the time, but um, uh, economically uh, we're second to Alaska in all seafood if you count the total amount. We're not a big state, but we because we have we're half land, half water, so much wetlands, etc. We have an enormous amount of uh, of uh, seafood onshore, inshore, and offshore, and it's second in the United States. So that's uh, pretty impressive. I think that's another new thing to notice. Actually, it's kind of back to that kind of Cajun history and heritage as well. Is that nothing goes to waste. Whatever you, you know, if Louisianans were doing farm table food long before it became a trend or a marketing phrase. You know, it's like they were farming from the land, eating what they caught, and you know, nothing gets wasted. The Cajun way. And and Lauren, cocktails are one of my favorite thing and doing a bit of research i i'm gonna probably butcher this this name so apologies mike in advance i'm gonna see the disapproval look that you'll give me when i say this C- uh Cesarac house I, d- I don't know why i said house in a french accent <laughs> but yeah uh, but I, I know they they've got um a famous uh gin cocktail i believe is that is that right lauren and, and what's it like for 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 the drink side of of visiting Louisiana. Absolutely. We love to celebrate and, you know, drinks are a big part of that. The Sazerac was invented in New Orleans in the early 1800s. Um, and so there's new, uh, so the Sazerac itself, as you said, is a gin-based drink. Um, it's, you can find them throughout the state, but, you know, in my opinion, you're going to find the best ones in New Orleans. Um, there's a new interactive um, museum called the Sazerac House that celebrates the Sazerac because the story of it and their samplings. And the nice thing about it is it's free. Um, we love also got the Ramos Gin Fizz, which was invented in New Orleans, and it's that lemon juice, lime juice, it's a citrus fruit, it's a citrus fruit. So uh, lots of drinks, lots of breweries here. Uh, we've got you know, Abita Brewery in, uh, in the Abita's Pantano, Louisiana area. We've got them in Shreveport, Lake Charles, Lafayette. Uh, we've also got Bayou Rum um, out of Lake Charles, just outside of Lake Charles in Mountain Louisiana. And so, you know, fortunately, we have a lot of work locally sourced. Um, products and sugar, you know, our same as your yeast and some of the alcohol. And so, we, you know, we're fortunate enough that we have a unique product here, and we definitely use them in our products here. 
And I think Mike's already got some of that um, Bayou rum in his coffee from from our talk <laughs> off off air. Uh, yeah, no, joking. They make a great coffee liqueur. Yeah, I love it. And uh, one thing I learned from from yourselves is Tabasco, which a lot of people, a lot of listeners may not know about, is Tabasco is uh, is home in Louisiana as, as a, a great flavoring. Many people will be enjoying it around the world. And you can go and visit the, the factory where they make it. Is that right? Correct, yeah. Every, every drop of uh, Tabasco sauce originate or comes from Louisiana. It's bottled at the source in Louisiana. So um, along with Tabasco, you know, we've got, we've got a great heritage of uh, hot sauces throughout the state as well. But Tabasco is, is a real highlight. Try the uh, wild green chipotle uh, Tabasco on ice cream. Then you've really, uh, you've really tried it in Louisiana. Absolutely. It's good to hear you all. A lot of people kind of burn away when they hear Tabasco ice cream, ice cream, but it's actually got a very delicate taste to it. Uh, Tabasco has been around for over 150 years, and it's not only an institution here in Louisiana, I think it's just so easily recognizable all over the world. And so we're very fortunate. It's close to Lafayette. It's about 40, 30 to 40 minute drive from Lafayette. Uh, we're living in it, and we highly encourage you to do and visit the Tabasco factory. It's one of the things to look for. You can get some samples of Tabasco, as well as check out the gift shop where that lovely Tabasco We've talked about just about the great food scene, and then throughout you, you know, we've really highlighted, or you, not not me personally, but yourselves, really highlighted that you know, festivals, music, and dancing are big things across Louisiana, not just in New Orleans, but which is renowned, world renowned for being such a vibrant city, and probably the most famous for for Mardi Gras. What can visitors expect uh, one to experience on a night out? And where can they dance either the, their breakfast away after enjoying a nice hearty breakfast or even the night away? And, and what are some of the best festivals? I know there's so much that, that goes on across the whole state. And obviously, like I said, people know New Orleans. Are there other towns and cities people should explore to find those? Uh, yes, because uh, we're really the only state that has two indigenous forms of music that were created here. The whole world knows jazz, of course, and jazz was born out of the rhythms of New Orleans. Uh, it's really, uh, and then in the countryside, you have what we call Cajun Zydeco music, and that's nowhere else in America either. In fact, it's become very trendy to use Zydeco music in uh, national commercials here and all. So you, those are the two indigenous forms, and then you mix that with the it, it distinctly unique uh, New Orleans rhythm and blues like Fax Domino, Professor Longhair, Dr. John. Uh, you might know them in uh, in England. And uh, then we have something called Swamp Pop, which is a mixture of uh, New Orleans rhythm and blues and rock and roll. So all of these things are really uh, came together. So you can, whether you're in the city or in the country, you can go to a bar and hear cover bands or, or and do original music or any of those genres, and they'll switch back and forth between those genres. So uh, jazz influenced everything in Louisiana, of course. Um, and then we have some famous museums, musicians that you probably know about. Lauren, you, you want to start with some of them? Definitely. I think everyone knows the late, great Louis Armstrong, uh, the queen of pop Britney Spears from Louisiana, the great Fats Domino. Uh, Lauren Daigle, Grammy Award winning artist. Uh, she's from Louisiana. We've got um, Holly Jackson. Everyone knows Harry Connick Jr., I hope. Um, we've got, you know, for those who like rap, we've got Lil Wayne, Master P, and we've got good old Tim McGraw from North Louisiana. We also have a, you know, there's rap and hip-hop, you know, outside of Louisiana, and we have it here, too, but we've got our um, 
bounce music, which is a combination of some of the local sounds with rap in it. Big Frida uh, is a great one. Yeah, Big Frida is famous here now, and she's becoming internationally famous. Also, if you remember last year, uh, uh, George Ezra did a duet with the Hot Ace Brass Band at your award ceremony. Shotgun, you know, you remember his song Shotgun? Yeah. At the Brit Awards? Yeah, well, that, that brass band on the stage behind him was the Hot Ace Brass Band from New Orleans. And that's New Orleans bounce music, which is our way of, uh, it's kind of like a, a, a brassy rap uh, kind of sound, which has become very popular in America now due to them. And then festival, all these uh, these music festivals are based, you know, music festivals are the same thing as food festivals here. You know, it's a weekend, uh, every weekend there's some music festival with uh, food booths, and et cetera. Uh, two of the most famous are in Lafayette, uh, Festival International de Lafayette, and then Festival Acadien et Creole. Uh, one's in spring, one's in fall, but it's just an excellent place to uh, uh, get together with the locals and taste all kinds of different foods from around the state. The, uh, go on, Lauren, with some more. Absolutely. You know, can't miss it here. Jazz Fest and French Quarter Fest in New Orleans. Um, I think those, you know, people come in from all over the world. They're so well known. We've also got Nightbug Madness up in Shreveport. Um, in the southwestern part of the state near Lake Charles, we have the Pirate Festival. And again, you can find, we have over 400 festivals in here. Um, we've got weird festivals like the Rougarou Festival, which is a um, fictional swamp monster. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to spell and can say that. We've also got a huge festival here at Food Fest. We've got Shrimp Festivals, Crawfish Festivals. We've got the Frog Festival in Rain, Louisiana. Um, and then don't forget the Natchitoches Christmas Festival. Um, Natchitoches is um, one of the oldest cities in the in Louisiana and in the United States. And they do a wonderful wonderful celebration at Christmas Festival. We have pole boy festivals. Uh, every single food item has its own festival. I think the important thing that's it is so I mean, that's it. Mardi Gras pretty much marks the start of festival season. And the sign of Louisiana is the fact that festival season will then run right up to Christmas. You've got bonfires on the levee and amazing festivals throughout the year. So absolutely everyone will have heard of Mardi Gras. But as far as festivals go, there's really never a bad time in Louisiana because you're always going to find some kind of celebration. And that's perfect because it, it definitely doesn't sound like there's a dull moment at all, Lauren. <laughs> And um, on that note, Neil, you brought up a good point there. You know, there's a festival for everyone. It's not just about Mardi Gras. Where can the listeners find out like, if they want to do a bit of research and maybe visit on around some of these festivals? Is there a website they can go on and, and find this information? Yeah, so if you go on to um, these uh, travel websites, there's actually uh, an entire session on there dedicated to festivals. Um, and that'll give you a rundown of each month, what festivals going on where, um, what kind of music, what kind of food you can expect, um, about all festivals and the celebration of joy. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for, for, for that. And we mentioned earlier the history of Louisiana and how it was entwined with World War II. And I know there's a, there's a brilliant National uh, World War II Museum in New Orleans. What other attractions and things can visitors do when they're exploring Louisiana, Mike? Yeah, well, just to uh, continue with your uh, World War II Museum, what happened was this started as the National D-Day Museum because of the British connection with New Orleans, all the boats for the landing craft for New Orleans, for uh, Normandy were built in New Orleans and conceived by Andrew Higgins. And that's why Eisenhower said he helped uh, save the war effort. And because so many Americans were stationed in the countryside of England, uh, uh, this museum highlighted that connection with England and World War II and the Allies invading France. Um, but now it has morphed into becoming the official National World War II Museum for the whole country. And it's becoming this 
three or four block huge place that just opened an $80 million Pacific theater. So it tells the story of all uh, all the battles of World War II. So that's fascinating. Um, there are many other things to do in New Orleans. Some of our big attractions, of course, you probably know, the Basco Factory, uh, the riverboats. Uh, everybody goes in the riverboat for a two-hour ride or overnight ride. Uh, you got to go to our jazz clubs. Uh, our swamp doors are very famous because right outside the cities, you have alligators and wildlife everywhere. So there's over 25 to 28 swamp tour companies that will take you out into the swamps where you can see alligators and wildlife. We just instituted our uh, brand new Civil Rights Trail to couple up with our African American Heritage Trail. So many movies about that period are filmed here in Louisiana, but uh, what we've attempted to do is tell the story of how these brave people in the 40s and 50s and 60s were able to overcome and fight these these. Uh, 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 rules or laws that did not make all citizens equal. So that's really a great trail that a lot of Europeans are interested and, in. And with that, is there, again, if, if someone wants to use the website that Neil mentioned earlier, Louisiana Travel, uh, to potentially plan a trip to really highlight those that civil rights trail, is that possible? Yes, there's an itinerary builder on there that you can uh, build it yourself based on which direction you want to go. I, I did also want to point that, you know, one of our other top attractions is we have the tallest state capital in the United States, and all the kids in America have a passport where they can go visit 50 capitals. But the Louisiana capital, built in the 30s by our governor, uh, uh, who was assassinated inside, is one of the top attractions in the state. It's free, and everybody goes through there, whether you're coming from Natchez or from Memphis or from uh, Houston. It's just an excellent stop. It's my favorite modern building in the whole world, actually. And are there any any sort of surprising things the listeners may not think of when uh, potentially going to visit Louisiana and, and finding something unique, Lauren? Most definitely, most definitely. We have the longest bridge in the world, the Hunter Train Causeway Bridge. I mean, do you guys know about Tabasco? Elvis Presley actually got his start in North Louisiana Streetcar at the Municipal Auditorium. That famous line, Elvis has left the building, he has pointed there. And after that, he just became a superstar. Uh, and you can visit there and go in the dressing room. To- Absolutely. We've got the oldest streetcar and um, tram line in the United States in uh, New Orleans. We've got the Port of Orleans. Um, that is something that we also wanted to mention is that there are cruises. We have the riverboat and the ocean cruises out in New Orleans. Um, something else that's very important about Louisiana is we don't have counties like the other states. We have parishes, and that goes with the Catholic Church, and that was how they were able to separate each areas. The state song, well known throughout the world, You Are My Sunshine, was actually written by our very own president, Jimmy Davis. And so we, um, you know, again, I'm very uh, proud of that. And you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. And Neil, from when you visited for the first time, what was something that really caught your eye? And then from your other visits, what would be some of your recommendations when people are visiting, especially from Europe, that really makes Louisiana something special? I mean, I think something that is pretty unique to Louisiana and is an absolute must do for anyone who visits me um, would be to go and visit the plantation. Now, obviously, it's um, it's a step back in time. It takes a snapshot of history from, um, obviously, certainly the initial bringing of the slaves over. Uh, 
local appeals, then also goes through the emancipation of the slaves and how it came through the people of colour and then how that develops into being part of the civil rights movement. But the um, Louisiana River parishes run basically between Baton Rouge, south down to New Orleans. Um, and it's, it's a selection of different homes really that are open as living, breathing museums. And you go and each one will tell its own slightly different part of the story. Uh, some of them you can stay overnight at as well, which is just that all-American sort of real southern experience to sit on the patio and enjoy a cocktail. Um, and that runs along the Mississippi River. Then things that I've learned and, and must do for me, having visited, uh, New Orleans is a walking city, no question. Best way to see the city is on the beach. Um, we mentioned previously the connection to cocktails. The cocktail was invented in New Orleans. So for me, there's nothing better really than doing the walking cocktail tour, which takes you around a selection of the most historic bars in America, not the world. And you learn the history of New Orleans as you go. And the bars you stop we get cocktails and cocktails with a connection to New Orleans and Louisiana. And we have another unique thing in Louisiana or in New Orleans where as you leave the bar, you ask the barkeeper or a person on the door for something called a to-go cup or a cup to go, they will put your cocktail into this plastic container and you can walk the streets of French Quarter in the sunshine, enjoying the amazing music of New Orleans, and you're learning the history of New Orleans as you go. I don't think there's a better walking tour anywhere in the world. Than, than that. Right. Plus, uh, people are uh, visitors are surprised that you can take your drink and drink in the streets. You know, walk in the streets. That's not very common in America. Mm. And if, if you want to talk about other quirky, quirky things as well that come along with it, um, my second is a close second to the cocktail tour is the um, the Flugel and Cemetery walking tour as well. Now, uh, Mike and Lauren, I'm sure will, will be able to offer a bit more detail around. It, but um, we had a huge um, migration of people from Haiti into New Orleans, and with that brought various different cultural differences. And part of that was the culture of Afrubi practitioners. So that history is still strong throughout New Orleans. It's a story that's told. You can visit the cemeteries, which are, you know, they're very picturesque. They're um, cemeteries where the groups are buried above the ground because you can't bury your dead in the ground in New Orleans because we're built on wetland. But you've learned a, a sort of different side of the history of New Orleans and Louisiana and how it sort of tips into that voodoo culture. And indeed, you can visit the burial site or the, the believed burial site of Marie Laveau, who is believed to be the most powerful practitioner of the voodoo culture. So whether it's you know a nice story or you believe in it, it's something to stand very quickly about Louisiana and New Orleans. Sounds daunting to go. Imagine doing that at night in uh, in Halloween. Be, uh, <laughs> yeah, very good. But uh, yeah, brave, brave man to me if you do. <laughs> yeah, Halloween is a great three or four day celebration here. You would enjoy it. No, definitely. And and is that a big thing? Like a lot of tour, tourists come in to look at the to view voodoo and do some voodoo tours. Mike. Definitely. Mm-hmm. No, and um, there's. Uh, I've left this question for the penultimate question, as I know we might get carried away with uh, Mike, Neil, and myself on here, and Lauren also, who I know is a, a sports fan. Uh, but it's sports. Uh, Louisiana locals are very passionate for sport, uh, and it's second to none, especially for American football. And if you're not a sports fan, you, uh, my recommendation is you still have to experience tailgating at an LSU Tigers college football game. I uh, don't think there'll be any other experience like it. You know, it's, it's going to be absolutely amazing for you to go and try. Tell me something that someone who has never been to LSU before should expect at a Tiger tailgate. The time of their life. And um, Mike, I'll let you share why this is uh, a must. And also, why is sports such a big thing in Louisiana? Well, fortunately, this is audio. Otherwise, I would show you pictures of Neil Jones uh, 
at the tailgate party. <laughs> he started well, he didn't necessarily end well. That's right. That's right. I have pictures of him with these uh, long skis and there's uh, uh, the glasses glued onto the skis and the group just drinks it all together. But anyway, one thing I noticed in my, uh, my days of going to see uh, your football is that it's such a family thing here. It's a, everybody, people will fly in from different parts of the country because uh, to have a, a cookout outside because we cook outside before the game. And that's when family comes in and you meet everybody from, that you haven't seen, cousins, et cetera. And it lasts all day long. And that really is one of the things, whether it be uh, uh, any college, uh, LSU, University of Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana Tech, Southern, Grambling, they have fantastic tailgating cultures. So if you're a visitor, I would suggest, even if you don't have a ticket, just go to the game, walk around because everybody is cooking outside in these big pots. And you tell them you're from England or somewhere else, and they will grab you and make you drink and serve you a plate of food. That's one of the most fun things about it. I think that's the big, you know, southern hospitality as well. Like I said, it's it's that friend, family friendly. Even though you maybe you, you traveled halfway around the world and like, hey, come and join us. No, come and come and enjoy this. Try experience our culture. Yeah, especially if you tell them you're not from here. When once you tell them you're not from here. And they, you know, or you wear a shirt with your team, Liverpool or whatever, and uh, they will grab you and uh, and just make you eat and drink with them. And that's fun because they want to share the culture with you, you know. Is, you is know, that right now? Oh, sorry, go on, Laura. No, just to say, you know you're in Louisiana when you're treated like family by complete strangers. Exactly. Uh, a lot of our visitors are surprised that people will just talk to them on the street. They'll just, you know, you'll comment to other people on the street about something. And that kind of takes them aback at first and all. But just to go back to football, Louisiana produced, we're a small state. We're number 25 out of 50 in population. But we have more players in the National Football League than any other state. Not per capita, you know, total. So it's... Uh, that, that's the best thing. That's, the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's right. And we have that's a lot actually, of... Actually, we endorse what they were saying, actually, about the um, tailgating and the, the hospitality. Michael very kindly toured myself and some good friends of mine around for an LSU game a few years ago. And the one thing that stuck with all of us and, and those that have not been to Louisiana before is that we really never had to wonder where our next drink or feed was coming from. <laughs> Every time we turned around, there were two people wanting to put a beer in there. You should try their gumbo or their, uh, you know, their crawfish ball, whatever it might be. And it was just a genuine, amazing, warm interest and wanting to know, you know, in the nicest way, why we were there, what we, what brought us to Louisiana. So it was, it's, it's a real heartwarming, genuine hospitality. And how about that Louisiana food and Southern hospitality? Oh, it's the best in the world. We welcome everyone. And we want everyone to come in and have a beer with us. You can get food from anybody. You can get drinks from anybody. Yeah, and, and Matthew, I think I think a, a lot of your uh, listeners will probably know some of our athletes from here. You know, they wouldn't know all the American football players, but uh, the world, the ones on the world stage. Uh, do you know who Mondo Duplantis is, the world record holder now in pole vaulting? He's the youngest ever to hold the yeah. world championship in pole vaulting. He's famous. He's from Lafayette. Also, another Lafayette athlete uh, just beat Conor McGregor, uh, Dustin Poirier in MMA. Are you familiar with Dustin Poirier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the recent UFC fight between him and yeah, he yeah. just he, he just he just beat Conor McGregor about three weeks ago. Um, I guess you know who Drew Brees is, our quarterback. Yeah, I know Drew, not personally, but how about maybe. our most famous our most famous athlete, Shaquille O'Neal? Definitely know Shaq. Shaq. Okay. Yeah. And the, and the it's, it's Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, he still Looney comes teams. around the games yeah. and he takes pictures and plays with everybody. He comes to Baton Rouge all the time. 
His son plays basketball in Baton Rouge. Uh, are you familiar with the, the Manning quarterbacks, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning? Very famous. Yeah. Uh, is Odell Beckham Jr. famous in uh, England? Uh, NFL player. I would say he's known because he, he is very blessed to share a name with a former England football captain. So oh, yeah. The name stands out. That's right. Uh, Terry Bradshaw, Shonda Rubin, the tennis player from Lafayette. She was she's uh, well known. Shonda Rubin. That's a while ago. But those are some of our famous athletes. So yeah. So who's who of, of sport right there? Especially, like, as you mentioned, basketball and American football, some big heavyweights in, in the game and some absolute legends. And uh, the Saints, the Superdome. Uh, obviously, we talked about college, but you've obviously got the NFL uh, there. You've got the basketball, the Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans. They're um, doing very well. So there's, there is a lot of sport to go and, go and see and even experience. And one thing that I've when I found when traveling in the States is you may not even have to go to the game. If you go tailgating, that's great. But maybe if there isn't a tailgate, you can just go and enjoy like either Saturday for for college football or Sunday in downtown New Orleans in, in a sports bar. And I can imagine that the, the hospitality there and as, as you mentioned, Mike, people on the street talking to you, again, even if you're in a bar, you're going to get that amazing Southern hospitality and friendliness and, and feel part of. Yeah, and the, the, the Saints are a unifying factor in Louisiana culture because uh, your pro team, everybody pulls for the pro team as opposed to certain colleges. But um, especially after the Hurricane Katrina, it, uh, when the Saints came back into the Superdome, that was the point where everybody knew that we were going to make it, you know, because that was the, the governor wanted to make sure that that came back first and all. So it's, it's fantastic. And, and it's a unifying uh, thing for all Louisianans. So it's a bit of a quirk as well, is that so you've got that professional team, which are the New Orleans Saints, of course. You know, the, for a home game, you're going to get somewhere around about 80,000 right. supporters. But then you talk about the LSU Tigers, and they're getting somewhere in the region of 103,000 people in the stadium. So we have twice as stadium. many outside plus, in the stadium. Oh, so plus the same again, watching on TV, you know, cutting up and having a good time in the car park. So it's, you know, it's the, the college team is actually drawing more supporters than the professionals. Which is, Definitely and before we end, my last question uh, to you, Mike and Lauren, uh, how long would you recommend visiting Louisiana for? And what would be two of your recommended trips to do? Definitely need three days in New Orleans and then give yourself three days to see the countryside. Um, I think that in New Orleans, um, as far as an itinerary, I would recommend you go to New Orleans then take the world's longest bridge over to the plantations. Stop, in our, stop at our state capital in Baton Rouge. Go on over to Lafayette and then go down to Homa before you make your way back to New Orleans. It's about a two and a half hour circle, two and a half across. And uh, and that's really a nice thing for the to see what's around New Orleans. Uh, the other one would be to uh, maybe take a, a lot of people flying to Houston. Houston to New Orleans is six hours. So you stay Interstate 10 and you see a, a variety of cultures there. You have Texas, Houston, then you come into Lake Charles across the border and uh, Creole Nature Trail and wild outdoor stuff. Then one more hour is Lafayette, and then another hour is Baton Rouge and the plantations, or you can go the southern route through Homa and the wetlands and then go into New Orleans. And that's a nice uh, itinerary that is not very long, six hours, uh, total driving, six hours. But every hour, there's a different culture to see. So again, like you mentioned, that even though you, it's not that far outside of New Orleans, you so much you can see within a few hours' drive and really get out to explore the rest of the state and use that as even even as your base, but to get out and, and stay in these other areas. Like you mentioned earlier, near all the plantations and doing that that side of it and getting potentially staying in some of them would be 
be great. Um, and Neil, I don't want to leave you out. So what would be your recommendations on how long, especially when you're flying over from, from Europe or elsewhere in the world? Yeah, no, with, with so many flights into the region, it's, it's picking your item and picking your route, really. Because the other thing is we, we work very nicely with other states. So Michael already mentioned Texas. Another alternative would be going to do Dallas, Fort Worth, down to New Orleans. And at that point, you're possibly the northern part of the state. So that makes sure you've um, You've got the UNESCO World Heritage Site, Forty Points. Um, for those that have got some very particular quirkier interests, you've got um, the place where Bonnie and Tiger apps actually uh, apprehended by the police in the northern part of Louisiana. Um, or your alternative is to head a little more east as you come up from New Orleans um, and you travel north upwards and you'll find your way up to Tennessee into Memphis and Nashville. We know that's a popular itinerary where you know that really is the music triangle to do Nashville, Memphis, New Orleans, or, or vice versa. That's certainly a, a big draw for lots of people here in the UK. Yeah, and that's very popular itinerary for uh, people from Europe to do the Deep South Circle. Atlanta, Nashville, Memphis, you know, the Mississippi Blues Delta, and then uh, Lafayette, and then New Orleans. And you get five or six different types of music where they were born, and that's excellent. Also, I liked your uh, softness, your word, apprehended Bonnie and Clyde, Neil. That was good. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 took, I took the other the other idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it really is a music mecca as well. If you when you're combining uh, combining that music music route or music circle of the deep south, so there is really something for for everyone but even just like staying within louisiana i've learned so there's so much more to it than just new orleans and you really do have to spend more than maybe just time three or four nights in new orleans you need to spend a week or maybe a little bit longer exploring the rest of the rest of the state when when you're looking to travel out and i just wanted to say a massive uh, thank you to mike lauren and neil for joining us on this episode so thank you guys thank you matthew thank you very much for having us Merci bien. <laughs> and if you've enjoyed if you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends and family and give us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And thanks for listening. Say too. So come live life to the fullest, where there's an abundance of good food, good music, and good times. So there's more than enough to go around. Come one, come y'all. This is Lauren Daigle inviting you to come feed your soul in Louisiana. You'll never-